Hey, everybody, welcome to Multi Multi, the podcast where we talk about the multitude of multi site student ministry. I am one of your hosts, Joe Crabb, and I am joined by one of our other hosts, Gina. Hey. Gina. Good to see you. I'm so excited for this conversation. And, um, you know, Gina and I uh, both are from Michigan, but we Zoom because we're on the opposite ends of the state. And also there's a pandemic. So we are. Still a thing. (laughs) That's still a thing. It is. And and actually it's because it's a thing um, that we're really focusing this episode on a particular topic with that in mind. Obviously, a lot of the conversations we've been having in the, the episode, we talk about ministry in this setting. We'll also just talk about some principal things that exist outside of seasons of COVID and so on. But uh, with COVID in particular, mm-hmm. we know that it's it's the fall and a lot of us are having meetings or have had meetings or are processing the decisions that we have to make when it comes to winter retreats spring break trips and so on uh, because we are going to have to start putting deposits down and uh, beginning the registration process especially in a multi-site world where there's more nuances and logistics to it and so gina and i were talking um before we started our recording block today and we you know talked about retreats and so on and gina's i was sharing with her where we're at should we do an episode where we just kind of talk about those questions real quick and process so it's kind of raw and really, yeah. Gina's going to interview me um, right. and kind of kind of yeah, ask the questions about where we're at, what we're thinking, and so on and so forth. Yeah. And so um, that's the, okay. this is all about answering questions about retreats, processes, where we're at. And again, hopefully it's beneficial to your conversations that you guys are having with your team. Yeah. So that's Gina. Uh, one of the things I think that I love about this podcast is that we're just really in tune to the conversations happening in the multi-site world of student ministry and also to the questions a lot of people are asking. And I think what is really great is that we're really honest that we haven't like landed on, like we're not, we're not here to give you the answers. We're figuring things out. And that was Joe had mentioned earlier, we were talking about retreats and trips and how do you do that in the midst of COVID. And what I was just resonating with Joe is like, that's the same conversation we're having at Harvard. So that's why I wanted to take some time to talk about that. Cause I bet you, if we're talking about it, other people are probably thinking the same thing too. But Joe, just, I, what I'm curious for you is what are the conversations you've had so far about like the winter retreat around the corner or a spring break trip? What are the, um, the conversations you've had with your team about that? Where, where are you at? Yeah. So when we're recording this, it's October, middle of October, earlier October. And uh, generally we would launch our retreat registration for our middle school and high school separate retreats, but they all occur in February. We'd launch that in November. So really I, I would be right now in the throes of like getting everything up on our database, getting the graphics made, registration, all that stuff. And we'd be like the ball, we'd start pushing the ball down the field for one of these retreats. So I, you know, reached out to the camp. We go to a Young Life camp called Timberwolf here in Michigan. Beautiful camp. If anyone's ever been to a Young Life camp, you guys know how they, how they do their thing. And I just, you know, reached out and began asking them, what are their safety protocols? I've had conversations with them all throughout the summer. They're like our second home. And so, um, 
just so grateful to be able to have that relationship and continue to keep that connection through these times. And so, um, you know, got the breakdown of their safety protocols and how they're doing differently, um, things differently, how they did it in the summer, what's that going to look like for the winter, all those things, their activities, so on and so forth. But obviously, big thing with safety protocols, size limits and everything. Um, through that conversation, you know, essentially, socially distanced, it sounds like they could fit over 300 people in rooms across the camp. And then the next number was 250. They can do 250 in their dining hall socially distanced. And then the next number was like 170, 180, um, what, 250, and then you have, they do split meal times. So some people are like, why would you have 300 people but only can feed 250 of them? It became split meal times. And then it's like 160 to 180 when it came to uh, all the session being together. Now, any groups that they have that might be over that, they do kind of like a satellite thing. And for their young life camps, that's what they would do is like, they, there's, it's called the sawmill. And I know that's called the sawmill and other camps as well. Uh, and so 160, 180 in the sawmill, the rest of them in like the satellite room. And then they would flip for the next session so that everybody has two, in the, two sessions in the satellite room, two sessions in the, the sawmill in the large room, their club room. Uh, and so for me, thinking through our, our students, our experience, our campuses, what would be best, and having the conversation with uh, the other student hub directors, it's, all right, so 160, 180 is our number. Because we want us to be together in the safest way possible uh, and not have to do the split meal times, the satellite rooms, and so on. Because we know that the retreat's obviously going to feel different than other retreats that we have, but we don't want it to feel so jarringly different to it's like, Oh, because we don't do anything with overflow room set. It's not a part of our culture to begin with. And so it would already be a different experience. There's ways that we can still make it feel a little bit normal. Let's do so. So with that, the current leading decision that we have um, and the proposals that we're putting forth is to do a seniors only retreat. Okay. So we would, out of the seven grades we have, only one grade would have a retreat. Part of the reason for that is because, again, they're, it's their senior year. Right. They won't have an opportunity to do another retreat. Um, it uh, really allows us to gear the retreat towards that specific demographic and audience, their needs as they're ending school, preparing for college, and so on. So from what we teach to how the time right. is structured would be completely different. And it doesn't allow – we talked about, oh, what about juniors and seniors and so on and so forth. And, um, but even looking at past retreat numbers – just doing seniors only allow us to um, hit num to, to be under those numbers, knowing that not all those seniors that came last year and leaders came are going to, to return and so on. But it meant that we'd for sure be under that number. Um, and it's just a cleaner line. I don't think anybody's going to like people are going to be sad. Juniors are going to be sad. Everyone's going to kind of miss out on experience. But I even think about it for like the juniors at my campus they'll have an opportunity to, in let's say late summer, have a seniors only retreat. So although they missed out on their junior retreat, they'll still have that seniors only retreat. And hopefully winter 2022, they'll have their last senior retreat. So that's kind of the current thought process. But yeah, any, anything else they should break down or? Yeah, I, I guess what was interesting and I think maybe helpful for listeners is um, one of the first things you did was contact the camp. And yeah. 
what are the protocols, what's changed, what are the capacity limits. And so whether it's like you guys um, go to Timberwolf and run your own thing. So you needed yeah. to call Timberwolf and find out like, okay, well, what, what changes have been made? Um, and maybe some of our listeners, maybe they just, they go to a camp and they just attend a camp that's already that you just show up for. Um, so yeah, contacting the camp. Is there a camp? Is there winter retreat? Um, yeah. So and how are they running there. things? And how what do you need to oblige by? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but even in, yeah. And even so in contacting them, then I also, I was like, well, I need to contact the transportation companies now. Yeah. And so we have mini buses and everything, but we need to kind of figure out, um, okay, what are, if our um, people let us, if our executive team lets us, our operations lets us use our mini buses, what are those safety protocols? What are the safety protocols for a transportation company? We rent school buses. So I called the school bus lady and had a conversation with her and heard what their capacities are, uh, right. um, how many people they're looking and what they're, they're having mask worn, which is in line with what Michigan is doing with their reopening uh, kids when they're on buses have to wear masks the entirety of the time. So, um, and I took all of this and just put it in a big document overview, including all of Timberwolf's guidelines. I even asked, Hey, what are you guys doing for activities? Cause I'm trying to think through like retreat and yeah, we have free time, but what can they do? You know, they're obviously the outdoor things will be open, but what, indoor elements will there be and everything and so just again kind of getting the gauge as to what camp would look like and then sharing it with the team and allowing them to speak into it and then giving next steps for what uh we need to do in order to come to consensus as to what we may or may not do yeah joe how are you gauging um the pop like parents and volunteers and student registrations like that, whether or not they, like, how are you doing, what kind of research are you doing to figure out whether or not they would even attend or what, or if there's this restriction, then it means this in terms of a parent saying yes to this trip or a volunteer saying yes to being a part of it. Like what kind of data are you gathering to inform yeah. the decision? So in the, the, proposal in uh, email and everything I sent out uh, to just our hub directors who they've, they're reviewing it and then we'll send it out to our entire student ministry staff through each one of those hubs. The, the first next step that we have uh, that needs to be done over the next week and a half is you need to contact all of your senior small group leaders and ask them, share the protocols with them and ask them if they would be, um, in for leading, if they'd be in for riding a bus up uh, with students, staying in the same rooms with students, like all the safety protocols that we have to do, um, would they be all right with doing so? Uh, and gauging that, right? That and and let them it, in that conversation. They're not forced. We're not going to tell them like, hey, if you say no, we can't do this. Um, but I know if a majority of them do say no, we're not going to do it. Um, I don't even know if it necessarily needs to be a majority, but there are the individuals who've been with these students for six plus years, four, three plus years. Uh, they're the ones that we want there with them. Uh, small groups are such a huge part of what we do as a ministry, and that's true of retreats. And so there, when, I, when we put this all together and give it to our executive team, part of what will be included will be um, what the scene, what, where our volunteer leaders are at, 
And uh, the next thing is also, hey, have those conversations with key families um, and want to operate with wisdom and discernment. Ask them to keep it private because you don't want to unnecessarily cause confusion or strife or, or whatever. People are like, oh, wait, we're or like optimism. And then it doesn't go through. Like, we're doing a senior retreat. And it's like, no, 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 this is just like a fact finding thing. So um, those are the next two steps that all of our staff are going to do is one, uh, have the conversations with every senior small group leader and two, have any necessary conversations that they feel they might have that would be beneficial to making a decision with parents uh, in that regard. So, and and as we do so, all those things will be shared of like, here's the safety protocols. Here's what the camp would look like. Here's even what the cost would be. Um, as that all factors into it. Yeah, I think that's, um, I was in a meeting last week um, and one of the things that brought up was, hey, we need to make a decision about our winter retreat. And then we do some, you guys do like Week of Hope in the summer and we do Youth Week. It's something similar, like a camp and mission trip combined, but it takes months and months and months of work mm-hmm. to get together. So we also need to start having that conversation of what that means. Um, so then you're looking at, okay, so here's these conversations we need to have. What is the information we need to gather? What are the questions we need to be asking so that we can make an informed decision? And then let's say that you, in our world we live in, you don't know what you're going to wake up to the next day. Are things going to get better? Are they going to get worse? So then what's kind of, here's your A plan. And then what's your B plan? If what you're planning, your senior retreat can't happen, do you offer something else or not? Like, when do you start having that conversation or, or like for youth week for us, like, when do you start having a conversation of reimagining something completely different because what you planned on, is it going to happen at all? Yeah. So my hope is to have a decision at the end of this month. So like I said, we're at the beginning of October. My hope is for us to have a decision, uh, whether it's yes, no, wait, you know, by the end of this month. So that way, for that very reason, if it's no, um, at the end of October, uh, we know that it is, uh, and I know we're, tr- we're going to try to rush this episode out, you know, because we know some of these conversations are happening and whatnot. So um, I don't know when it will drop, but hopefully it will drop soon. Uh, but we know that um, come November, then if we need to start doing something else, then we can begin planning for what that might be. And even knowing what, what will it undertake for this team to do that? Um, or do you just allow it to be campus specific? Because retreat wise, doing a senior retreat is going to be different for us as a team. And in some regards, easier uh, because of what we already do with our retreats, because it would be less production. And again, it would feel more like a retreat for, a, you know, 150 people, as opposed to what we normally run where it's four to 500 people and it's high production and high energy and, um, and all that stuff where this would be a different feel. And it's, we're used to doing retreats kind of separate because some campus go one weekend, others go another weekend. You'd have the whole, brunt of your student staff on, you know, on this. And again, it's a little bit more simpler and everything. So, um, but I know if we went to an online option, which a lot of people did a lot of great online camps and um, little mini conferences or whatever, well, what would that look like? Uh, you know, in some of the conversations we've had where people are trying to do like a, a D now where the teaching's all digital, uh, digital and doing things in homes and, and whatnot, you know, we could, um, make an effort to do those sorts of things. But you're right. It's going to take more, uh, a bigger learning curve 
uh, more conversations with others who have done it and doing it well. But uh, yeah, so that's why in November. And then for the spring break stuff, I think, again, I think it, for us, I knew we had to gauge our timeline of when we normally are, are looking to roll things out uh, so that we can best prepare, whether it's just the senior retreat or maybe it's the senior retreat and we're trying to do something else still for the other classes and, and whatnot. Um, they give enough leadway to do that. Um, but, and then same thing with spring break. I already know for us in our context, we do spring break mission trips uh, and in the conversations with our, um, our missions pastor, that's not going to happen um, for spring break. So, and a lot of it, again, airfare, having to purchase all that stuff and make that happen. So we'll, we'll see, but hope week, which is middle of July, as I shared with Gina earlier, I am hoping to not have to make a decision on that until, but again, on our time, like we usually roll that out in April. Um, so because of the context and the place that we stay at and everything, we are awarded the opportunity um, to be able to kind of delay that decision a little bit, because part of the reason why I even making a decision in November is to um, free up the camp that because we currently have a, a block of a couple of weekends. And they, in my conversation with them, they, they said, we're going to keep you in, you know, let us know the decision that's made. And obviously if another group is contacting between now and then they'll right. let me know. Cause I, I don't want to hold anyone hostage and camps, need more people. And I wish we could be having four, four weekends of retreats and everything. Um, but it's just not, not in the cards as we all know. So, um, practical, like takeaway for me, whereas like when I was talking to my team, I'm like, Hey, what we need to do is we need to, um, talk to people who are doing what we're doing. So I'm like, I want to, you know, I'm going to reach out to Joe at Woodside, which is you see what they're doing. And then uh, like you host a zoom gathering with a bunch of uh, youth pastors in our area in Michigan. And then you're, you're gathering information and ideas from other people. And also geographically, maybe you're located in a state where you can do a lot of things outdoors in the winter. Yeah. And you just have this ability to pull things off in a different way than we can here in Michigan when it's really, really cold for our winter retreat. Exactly. Yeah. Curse you, Florida and California, <laughs> Texas. Yeah. But, but taking the time to contact your camp, find out how things change, because maybe you're in an area where not a lot has changed and you can yeah. move on and proceed as normal. Or there have been some changes that will inform your decision making. Or you might find like we use a camp in Holland and they don't have the capacity that, that another camp, the camp that you use has. So yeah. that will inform your decision too, how many, how much capacity does the space hold and is there another space somewhere else that might be larger and allow for the social distancing so it's having the runway to do the homework and make the phone calls and network and brainstorm and learn from each other yeah any of you gina we chatted about this before i i had to stop i had to look at the data from last year i had to say well what were those numbers you know where were they at so we can make a decision if we only had 40 seniors go across the campuses last year, then maybe you do say, well, what if we could do juniors and seniors because size-wise, if we are only at 80 total between those two classes, we're not going to be at 80. Like what that helps inform and based off the capacity and the conversations and the data gathered from the camp. The only other things that I, I the other things on top of my head is as we maybe look to, to land this plane and uh, everything is, um, when it comes to staff expectations, because this has been part of our conversation, um, 
Sauce, your staff expectations are one final thought. Um, <laughs> staff expectations, one of the well, what if they don't have any seniors or if they don't have any seniors sign up? Because that's, that's true. We had 110 seniors across the board and there could have been 30 from one campus and one from another. Um, and when I'm talking seniors, I was looking at last year's juniors numbers, our current seniors. Um, but they, uh, you know, my thought is that if the staff doesn't have any seniors come or they don't currently have any seniors, then we would ask them to contribute to um, the, the retreat um, in the preparation of it in the same way that they would normally contribute to a retreat, obviously tempered to the fact that it's going to be a smaller and simpler thing. Their gifting is valuable to the team and I would want their gifting to be used as part of the team. And of course, you know, um, dialed in towards the fact that yes, there is the reality. They don't have any seniors coming or they don't have any seniors at their campus. And then for the actual weekend of the retreat, I don't think I'd have any physical expectation for them to be at the the weekend. They'd be invited, but not expected, but I would have them have the conversation with their campus pastor about that. And I know our guys and gals love to be up there. I mean, retreat's great, especially imagine being at a place like Timberwolf, a young life camp, and you don't have any students up there. So like, you don't have to check in on leaders or students. So, um, and then on the staff expectation, you know, that came up as well about what about, um, if they're not comfortable. Well, like we talk about senior leaders, yeah. senior small group leaders. Right. What about if you have a staff member? And in those ends, you know, that's where they'll have the conversation with their campus pastor or direct report. Sometimes it's not the campus pastor or the campus, it's sometimes it's the executive pastor. But have that conversation with them. Um, I said, begin having it now. But remember, this is just a preliminary conversation, so don't sound the bell. But if the formal decision is made um, and you are not comfortable, then have the conversation with your campus pastor, your hub leader, and you'll, you will have to have a conversation with HR. And it's not to, again, it's not an intimidating thing. It's, it's just for understanding because I know PR, our HR, we have a staff care team. They want to help you and help you equip and empower your leaders who might be there in your stead. And um, again, I would ask that that individual contributes to um, the work beforehand, um, again, utilizing their giftedness for the betterment of the team and then, um, you know, address it from there. But I, I obviously be respectful of, of that uh, still. So those are kind of the staff expectation where we're at in those conversations. And the final thought, you know, one of the other concerns one of the guys had, and we, we talked about this in the, the summer episode where we say, hey, things to think about with summer ministry in a COVID season was it's going to feel different. One of the guys shared, um, you know, if we're doing a retreat, we know it's, it's how's it going to feel? And it's going to feel so different, especially if it's just one grade and everything. And we've kind of embraced that. And even then, it's going to feel different because for the most part, they're going to be wearing masks the entirety of the time. But what's true, you know, with that retreat in February, that maybe wasn't true if we're discussing things in, about happening in June and July, they're wearing masks all the time. Uh, and I'm not talking about like in a metaphorical sense about all the masks that we wear, but like literally everyone's wearing masks. Like in our indoor settings, they're wearing masks. Yeah. When they walk in our buildings, when they go to a store, if they're back in school, they're wearing masks. And so that's that feel is not necessarily different because it's what they're accustomed to. And then leaning into the fact that the programming and all those other things are going to be different and they should be different. We shouldn't try and do all of the production things, all the other sorts of things that we do for a normal retreat. Um, I'm even thinking like we might, we won't sell merch, but maybe there's a way that we can build in some cool things with merch already in 
like the cost of like distinct senior gifts as opposed to um, yeah. how we normally sell merch. I mean. So that's it. Like the final thought of like, it's going to feel different regardless. If you're going to a pre-existing camp, you're running your own camp, you're trying to figure out a spring break trip, a service thing, lean into that because leaning into what's different will ultimately allow for innovation to arise. So. Yeah. I think the last thought that I would leave as you're planning your retreats or th- trying to think through what that looks like is to go back to your value statement. Um, I think most of us probably have a page somewhere of our guiding values for our ministry and just ask like, is make decisions that aren't violating that. So if, that's good. Um, like keeping students safe, creating a safe place is a value in our, at Harbor students. So are we able to live into that value or do we feel it's violated somehow? And um, yeah, so I think just go back to your value statements as you make decisions, how you can still lean, like you value relational ministry. How do you yes. create a safe space for that to still happen? Um, and if you're going somewhere and you're like, oh, there's very little interaction or contact between people and you're like, oh, okay, well, is it worth it then? Um, so just continue to go back to your values as you make decisions with your team. That's so important. Okay. And then you're not being disingenuous to yourself and you're actually then saying like, yeah, hey, it's not retreats not going to be the same this trip's not going to be the same but it gets to the heart of who we are um and it moves out forward so gina this has been great um i I appreciate this conversation and and just your your insight and wisdom for those listening and for myself as we are um making decisions and um seeing seeing where god's leading us in this season and for those of you who are listening and you find yourself in the midst of these conversations yourself if we could be of any help or you hear something that we've shared that you can speak into please don't hesitate to, to reach out. That's what the heart of this podcast is, is having those conversations with one another as we look to figure out this thing called multi-site for the glory of God to see students' lives changed by the gospel. And so thank you guys so much for listening. Please yeah. follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Share this with your team, especially if it's beneficial um, and, and helpful. And until next time, bye. bye.